Welcome. Welcome to the While My Batteries Charge podcast. Join us as we talk about all things radio controls. And now, your host. Folks, this man, he is the king. Mr. CCXRC himself. Tony Cece. Tony Cece. Hey, what is going on, guys? Welcome to another While My Batteries Charge podcast. Uh, this one is going to be about Axial Fest Badlands 2020. Everything you guys want to know, and a whole lot more, probably. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a longer one. Just kind of want to go into everything that went along with the Axial Fest Badlands from building my SCX-10 III to uh, traveling to Michigan and having to work there at my mom's house to the actual event itself. So uh, lots of things going on with that. We uh, Just from the initial planning stages of me telling my wife that I want to go to this event and trying to figure it out because we had a trip planned to Michigan to visit family. Um, and it was like the week before uh, Axial Fest. So literally I'd be coming home like on a Monday night. And then my plan was to get back in the car and start driving on Wednesday or Thursday to uh, get back for the Axial Fest event. And um, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It was kind of what I was going to do anyway. I just really, really wanted to go. And uh, we have the new Jeep JK, which is actually an older one, but it's new to us. And I wanted to drive that there so I could also take it on some of the trails there at the Badlands Park. And uh, it wasn't hooked up for towing, that kind of stuff. It's just kind of crazy. Um, I put out a voicemail weeks prior to our um, RV repair guy that we use, um, Williams RV Services, who is amazing. And... Um, you know, it's been busy, and with the COVID, all that, it's been a little bit strange, and he never got back to me, um, and so we called him, and I'd called other places where my neighbor had gotten the tow package and all that hooked up for their Jeep, and they said they could try and do something, but it'd be like over a month out to get it in to do it, and uh, that was not because of their scheduling, but because of parts, and that needed, and with COVID, it's just hard to get, I guess, and so anyway, we were shocked when we called him two days before we left and he says well send me some pictures of what you got because we told him that I, I thought that it had a tow part under the jeep already and it turns out that it did and so um we were able to get it hooked up he was able to do it by the parts that we still needed the actual tow bars and that we had the the part on the jeep already set up but he had to put a brake on it was really crazy how all of it kind of came behind last minute. Um, and so we ended up with a blue ox. The other one that a lot of people use is the Roadmaster. And that's what they were going to use at the other place that we looked at. Portsmouth Trailer, I believe it was. And um, so in many ways, it was good for us because those pieces wouldn't have worked with the only setup that Portsmouth Trailer used. So I had to pay full price um, this way I was able to get a deal because I already had some of it and, um, it was set up for it. So that was cool. So we were able to tow the Jeep behind the RV, take the RV all the way up to Michigan, finding a place to park. And luckily my brother let me park it at his house. Um, he had room for it there. 
And uh, so we parked it there for over a week. And um, we were at uh, my brother-in-law's house. And then we were at my mom's house. We visited my brother several times. And we went out to, there's uh, the mounds in Mount Morris, Michigan. And we took the Jeep out one by one in there doing some mud holes and little things like that. Uh, Some trails, but it's just a lot of just uh, going through the mud, a few hills, um, nothing big. But it was still a ton of fun. Uh, We did get it stuck pretty good one day. I got it stuck pretty good. We it was my fault, and I had to get a tow guy to come out and pull us out. Some local guy that they use at the park. But really, really awesome time. Anyway, all that to say, uh, my family came with me to Axial Fest. We came. We drove right from Michigan. We stayed there extra because we're all working from home anyway. And. uh, We just moved where home was. Well, while in Michigan, before we left, I started the SCX 10.3 build. I should have just waited completely until Michigan uh, because that meant now I had pieces and parts and is opened and traveling with it and hoping I had everything. And luckily I did, uh, but put, you know, went and bought a plastic container, Rubbermaid type thing to just throw it all in. And, uh, so I had that, I had a lot that I wanted to get done for Axial Fest and it was all last minute and it ended up being done in Michigan. So uh, lots of ni- late nights building the SCX 10-3, uh, painting the body and all of that, you know, borrowing blue tape from my mom to mask off parts of the body. It's just whatever I could do to get it done. And we finished it early and uh, I didn't have a motor system or anything like that that I'd planned to put in it yet. I did have the Reef's triple uh, five servo to put in. I knew I wanted that. I took that out of my Rock Bouncer build, put the Raw 500 into the Rock Bouncer, which let me tell you what, you guys, that Reef's Raw 500 for like a race type thing or power, it just snaps back like crazy fast. So much speed and power. It's great for that kind of race application. Probably should run it in my monster trucks, actually, with that much power. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. So the Reefs Raw went into the uh, that build, which, again, had to really be completed. I'd done a little. I've run it once. Uh, broke the steering, ho- steering horn off and bought a replacement for that. Didn't install it knowing that I was going to be changing out the servo. Um, had to do the tuning with that, with the castle system in it, which I was able to do while I was there. Turned off the drag brake because of the racing that we were going to be doing. Uh, I had drag brake on, or it came with it on. It was the castle crawler, uh, setup, uh, combo in that. Um, so that had to be done. I had, <laughs> The SCX 10.3, which I was working hard on. And so that I didn't have a motor, but I went to Larry's Performance RC in Michigan, which is an amazing shop. Uh, they have two racetracks in there, like an on-road carpet and then an off-road in the back. But they also do the monster truck racing there, uh, Michigan Monsters uh, race there. I think on the on-road section, they bring in their own jumps and all that, clear out all the the, t- the piping in that for the... Uh, track anyway um really cool shop so much stuff all rc related not like just hobby shop whatever i mean there's like straight up rc um so much inventory really cool to see and they were super depleted they said that because of just 
can't get stuff in right now. But they still had some like Limitless. They had some of the SCX-10 3 kits, SMT-10s. Uh, some stuff that has been hard to find, they had. Um, but uh, so there I was able to find an axe system. They didn't have the um, castle one. All they had that I really wanted something with the BEC in it because I knew I was putting the reef servo in and I wanted it built into the ESC. So I, I ended up doing the, um, the axe system that they had, which turned out to be a 550 can instead of 540 uh the model that i got um i don't remember the kv uh that i have it uh but let me see here um yeah so mine is the the hobby wing axe it's 550 so it's a waterproof brushless censored system that is so 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 smooth bluetooth built in hooks right up to your phone you can set everything without the need i mean it's just you literally turn it on and you can connect it to your phone it's unreal so um the 550 is the 2700 kv is i believe what i got yeah 2700 kv and it is a 550. So they have 1200 KV, 1800 KV, 2300 KV, and those are 540s. And so the last axe system I had was the 1200, and I still have it. It's amazing. Super slow, so much power though, so controlled. But for this, I wanted to go 2300 to have that extra speed in the SCX10, and it is amazing. And for that to speed it's nice to have that 2300 kv but it meant that i had to carve out parts of the uh scx 103 other people said 550s fit in there but the axe one does not <laughs> so i had to do a little carving luckily it's just you know for the plastic motor that you put over like the cover um it's basically the holders for that that you screw into which wasn't a huge deal so i quickly Got in there with my uh, little trusty uh, pocket knife, uh, which is really just a utility knife by Milwaukee. I carry it with me everywhere. Got in there, cut away stuff, and got that motor installed, and it is super smooth. The one problem being that I didn't think about, I asked them about soldering, and they said, no, this already has the uh, XT60s on it. I'm like, sweet, we're good to go. Did not think about the ESC needing to be soldered to the motor so the wires had to be from the motor had to be soldered onto the esc which meant driving over to my brother's one um night in the evening and um having him do it and he had like just like a butane um soldering iron which doesn't get quite as hot i have one i've struggled to get stuff soldered with it uh for the the type of applications that we use and so um I don't know if I didn't get a full connection because at the very end of the trip, it started getting really weird on me and driving different directions that it wanted. And I think maybe one of them is not connecting fully and it's making the motor go crazy. So I need to figure that out. Um, basically, resolder it all, I think is what I'm going to do, and then try and see if it fixes it. Otherwise, I got some kind of receiver issue or I don't know what. But... Uh, it drove really well all through Axial Fest. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, amazing. Probably one of the best crawlers that I have. Um, I like that I added the two-speed and the dig. I used both. 
Um, there were times you just needed that wheel speed and being able to just kick it to second gear is awesome. So um, talk more about the SCX 10.3 a little later as we talk about uh, Axial Fest. Um, I had with me too many RCs probably. I brought the little SCX 24s and we have four of them, the Deadbolt, the Jeep, and then two of the C10s, both the gray and the green, I think is what we have. So I bought a clear body from Hobbytown, Virginia Beach before I left for Michigan. And I bought a couple other things. That's where I bought the Reef Raw and a few other things to have. Um, I think an extra, what are the ones that I get? <laughs> the Eco Power servos. I probably bought an extra one of those. I can't remember everything. I got paints. Um, the body for the, uh, SCX 24. So that was something else that I had to do and get that taken apart, take the body off, paint it, sticker it up, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I had also ordered, and this was a problem is that I ordered from eBay, some aluminum panels for both my bomber and my Capra, just straight black, like matte black. And I'd printed off some vinyl stickers that I was going to put on them like my logo and because of the bomber, I did a little bomb with ccxrc.com in it. And I actually did extras cause I didn't know which size, which turns out I ended up using on my Capra too, because it just looks so good. Um, the sizing actually fit the Capra better than it did the bomber and it looked awesome. So, uh, I ended up with that kind of package, but the problem was that they did not make it here in time from eBay shipping. When it said it was going to arrive, it came a day later, which meant that it came a day when we left. So my buddy had to go to my house, get them, mail them to me. And, uh, they arrived at my mom's several days later. Um, as well as a couple other things that I'd ordered, uh, the King sling body from Bari Musauer came in. Um, I didn't actually get a mud truck out at, uh, Axial Fest, like I thought I might because of a lot of things, um, but not really wanting to take that big of a muddy mess home <laughs> in the RV uh, or try and clean it off at camp. But um, so, yeah, I got that that done. I replaced the body panels on that, swapped out the motor one evening too at my mom's house for the bomber because the rules said that 20 turn was the like the fastest motor you could have. And I had a 15 turn in there, a reedy one, which was great. Um, but so I ordered an axial 20 turn one night, put that in there and, uh, also worked on the, I, I don't know what happened, but when I, whenever I put in the reef sway bar, I just didn't do it right. The first time it came off one of the sides. And then I think it wasn't sitting on the flat part cause they just twisted too much or whatever. I finally got that all sorted and, um, but I can get into the uh, the S, uh, the bomber really fast now to change out the motor, change out the pinion. Um, I'm I'm in on that thing now. I know what I'm doing. So that's one good thing in having to have done that so many times. I would actually probably like to put an axe system into that as well. Um, maybe the 3300, the 550 if that fits in there. But um, they're just such great power systems. Uh, I know Josh from Holly designs doesn't like the way that they do power where it tries to maintain like your throttle is more of a speed. Um, and so if you get hung up, it tries to maintain that speed versus the amount of power. Uh, and so that is a little weird. 
I haven't really seen it affect me too much. Um, and maybe I've just gotten used to driving it that way. Maybe it's because I haven't driven any other really uh, censored brushless crawler systems. So maybe that's the thing. Um, I keep trying to get some Castle ones and they're just sold out. I do have one in my Rock Racer, but it's a little bit of a faster one. Um, so I would like to try it, though, a little bit more controlled with that and see how it does. Uh, as well as some of the Tekken stuff supposed to be amazing. So homes, all of that. And there's a lot that I need to test out and try still. Uh, so to Axial Fest itself, um, we got everything ready at my mom's. Like I said, there was more stuff that I worked on. Um, I was trying to meet up with uh, John Martin GMRCs while I was in Michigan. The, uh, the Jeep getting stuck caused a few problems with the Jeep and uh, hours and hours of cleaning out mud and the silt mud that got into the Jeep on the inside um, the day before we, uh, we were leaving. So I had to spend that day before completely cleaning it out, having it looked at, um, worked on by my brother, uh, hooking up his... Um, meters and all that to find out what what the signal was that we we're getting um we were getting a warning light <laughs> an engine warning light so um he got that all squared away for me and uh, we hit the road again that thing tows awesome by the way as well you forget it's behind you uh five hours we went across michigan don't know why i chose to do that because if we would have gone straight down to ohio and cut across the roads would have probably been a whole lot smoother Michigan roads are notorious for being some of the worst. The potholes, just really, really bad roads. But being from Michigan, you know, grew up there first 25 years of my life, kind of wanted to take my kids through the different parts of the state and out. So that's what we did. Uh, basically all the way over to Lake Michigan and down. And uh, through Gary, Indiana. And we came to a small place called Attica, which was really cool because the last part of that drive, you're just driving through like fields, farm fields, just huge acres, square, um, just farms on both sides of you. And just really neat, uh, simple two-lane road, middle of nowhere kind of stuff. But there's also all these really big, the wind towers up there. Um, so you're getting that wind electric going on. And those were moving faster than I think I've ever seen them move. Uh, like getting that just flat ground, nothing to block the wind. And uh, you were feeling it too when you're driving the RV. You could feel the wind pretty good coming through those farm fields. Anyway, we arrive in Attica, small town. Um, it's got like a Dollar General, a little grocery store, uh, a couple little local things, Subway, things like that. McDonald's, I think, was there. But a um, little small town. Uh, they had actually what looked like a really cool pinball uh, arcade that we never got to. I was hoping to get there, but we didn't get there. And um, we pull in. There's signage everywhere. You know you're at the Badlands when you pull in. And uh, you know that Horizon and Axial are there because there are banners everywhere uh, letting you know where to go. Where the sign-up was going to be, the check-in in the morning, you could see... Uh, drive further down the road to the campground. If you keep going down that road, you're at the Badlands uh, Park. So we were at the Off the Trail Park, uh, which is a separate thing from the Badlands Park, but kind of connected. Rolled in, checked in, got hooked up, and you could see as we were pulling into the park, 
RC people everywhere, tables set up with RCs, people walking the streets running RCs. Looked like it was going to be an amazing time, which it it, it was an amazing time. Um, I've said in one of the videos, uh, probably the best RC event I've been to so far. Um, and I've only been to a few, uh, you know, some of our monster truck races and, and they're great events, um, but they're race geared and it's a little bit different vibe. Um, this was just like literally RCing nonstop <laughs> when they got there. Uh, came in and got everything set up for camp. Uh, met a few people. We rolled in about five o'clock. Um, so you didn't really get to get out to the trails uh, that day. Got things tuned up, ran them around the little lot a little bit. Uh, got a, got things set up where we were going to want them for storage because everything was literally in bins in the Jeep being towed behind the RV. Just so many boxes of RC stuff. And so I needed to move that around. So one, it wasn't in the Jeep so we could drive it around. And two, so that we were set up for the event. Um, so we got all of that set up. And we went to bed, woke up the next morning early, uh, went to the check-in, made breakfast, uh, went to get our tech spec done, um, go, going through the tech station to make sure our, our rigs uh, were okay. And then we decided that my sons um, wanted to do it as well. They weren't sure. They were on the fence. So we went back down and registered them after I'd hit the trail one time. Uh, I don't think I actually hit the trail yet. I did not hit the trail. I went through tech, um, talked to some people, and then just went ahead and grabbed them and then signed them up and then went through tech with them, and then we hit the trail. That's what it was. And so right from the beginning, you know, they thought they might hit a few trails, but they went with me a lot of times out to the trails, um, except for when I asked them not to. I think they had to come every time. Uh, but there's a couple where I was going out with some other people and they'd have been okay to come. But, uh, I, I also realized that we were going to be out longer than they wanted to. So just knowing that, um, I was being preventative a little bit. So, uh, but man, so we get, get out there on the trail tech inspection, you know, there's lines for this stuff. Um, teched all of our cars, all of them passed and, we hit the trails. Well, we didn't get there when the um, they had a, a driver. Um, it was Andy from Axial. His mom was actually driving a truck with a little trailer behind it with hay bales so he could get a ride out to the quarry. Uh, or you could just kind of walk to the end of the parking lot there, which was like a grass parking lot for people that came in locally. Um, and you could just walk. And the first trail was right at the end of that parking lot. It wasn't very far. Um but it would take you crawling and all that. You'd probably take 20 to 30 minutes to get into the quarry if you did the walk. Uh, so there were times it was nice to catch the ride. <laughs> I know I had a couple of times where it was like that. Um, the first trail we hit was through the woods, uh, grass. They matted down, whatever, cut down little trails. And uh, not a whole lot of hard obstacles on the A trail. Um, there was a fun one where you went up a bridge to a tree, uh, a little ladder climb basically, and then down the tree trunk of a fallen over tree. And then you had to get off on another little bridge, which was really hard to get on. Uh, you almost always ended up with one of your wheels falling off on that turn. Axel trying to hang up. It took a little bit of maneuvering and you could do it. 
Um, but I didn't realize because my axe system and the Proline tires that I had on there. Uh, so that was the other thing is when I built the SCX-10, I feel like I know there are scale trucks that have really, really huge tires on them. But when I look at the Axial SCX-10-3, to me, it doesn't look like most Jeeps that you see on the road. Even when they do have the big tires, I just feel like they're lifted more. There's just something about the way that it looks that didn't look right to me. And so while I was at Ryder's Hobby Shop in Flint, I went up there to see if they had um, some just you know parts and things that I was looking for. I was looking for a new bumper uh, for the Jeep to kind of look like a worn bumper and a winch and all that. Didn't find it for the SCX-10-3. Uh, but they had the Proline BF Goodrich Mud Terrain Tires, a 1.9s in the Predator Compound. Uh, and they're 1.9s, but they're a much smaller tire than the ones that come stock, the Nitto, the Nitto tires. So um, I put those on, and boy, did those things really, really, really hook up. They look awesome on it. They look, it made it look much more scaled to like my truck or most Jeeps that you'd see, uh, I, I feel. And so... I liked the look of it, but they also just performed so well. So I was getting up that hill climb so easy uh, or the bridge climb, but I was watching a lot of other people slide or as they were going up, they drift to the right and fall off. And man, mine just pretty much went up it like it was no problem, you know, probably due to that axe system being so smooth and the, uh, the tires just having so much grip, but, um, and maybe even smaller in size to get into those, you know, the the um in between the the little i don't know holes between the boards i guess i don't know it it just did so well that i was shocked when i watched other videos and stuff of that struggle or we were with people that had it do the same thing going up and sliding off um anyway so the sx103 performing awesome my kids even their uh wraiths had a little bit of trouble getting up that uh, they have the Wraith 1.9, which are amazing trucks, ready to run, right out of the box, amazing. Theirs are still stock, although we did change the remotes while we were there to uh, DX5 Ruggeds. So um, ended up buying an orange Rugged so that one of them had their, their <laughs> theirs just kind of stopped working, the, the radio system. So we put in a, a receiver I already had paired it to my DX5, uh, the black edition one of it. And it didn't seem fair that he and I would have these DX5 ruggeds and the other one wouldn't. So we got another one in orange. So now we have the black, green, and orange DX5 ruggeds out there, the rugged family on the trail. Uh, but I was able to actually dial in the steering and stuff better with that anyway. So it actually worked out and, um, we got going on the trail and made it, you know, out to the, uh, the quarry, drove around the quarry a little bit and then caught a ride back. That was the first thing we'd done. So, uh, we basically did a trail and it had some mud and some hill climbs and some little stuff is a pretty easy trail basically to get you to the quarry. Um, but my son, <laughs> he'd say, Oh, there's the gate. Well, the mud's over there. So he was always in the mud, uh, or in the water with his, Ended up 
I think that might have been what killed the receiver, although it wasn't wet at all, which was weird. Um, but swapping that out fixed everything, so um, we were good there. And then later on, he ended up, what I thought, burning up a motor. Probably I put, should have put it on the ground and pushed it while he hit the throttle because I think it was just probably clogged up with the silt in the, the water. But because um, the same thing happened to my bomber, and I put it on the ground, pushed it, while I hit the throttle and it kept driving. So what I thought was dead came back to life. It's pretty cool. So, uh, so that trail was great. I think the highlight for me though, I didn't get onto a lot of the other trails in the woods. I did like four more of them. There was like 26 trails. I was trying to do video. I had my kids there. Um, I was trying to, to hang out with some of the people there. And so, I did a few trails a couple times because that's where people were going. And I think it was the I trail or J trail, a pink one over in the quarry was just amazing. And so I think I did that one three times with different groups. Um, and I think it was the laser nut trail. I think that's what it was. Um, but then we did the reefs trail. Um, I'm not going to remember all of them. But a lot of them around the quarry is what I did. A bunch of the quarry trails. And I, I never made it out to the Tower Hobbies one, which apparently had a really tall tree climb um, bridge that went up a tree and then came across and down. But it was supposedly like 15 feet in the air or something like that. Uh, I didn't see it. But um, there was a, just just trails everywhere. And people uh, were able to spread out, which was a good thing because of that. And a lot of people tended to stay in their groups of who they were there with. Um, you'd see a few kind of go together in groups. Uh, and then at night they had a night run, which was a lot of fun. We ended up on that, uh, on Friday night, did the Friday night night run and had a blast Thursday night. They kind of assembled something and I, we missed it because my son had just burned up his motor or so I thought. Anyway, replaced that motor uh, for Friday, and then, you know, we had the, the receiver issue or something. I don't know. There's several little issues. I spent quite a bit of time wrenching and fixing some stuff, too, uh, but it wasn't too bad. Um, what else? The SCX24 course was amazing. Made those trucks. It was just perfect for them. I haven't driven anything that was so perfectly suited to the SCX24 like that course was. Uh, we did that course several times. Um, we only ever took the trucks out there the one time, but we ran it multiple times while we had them out there. Uh, there was um, different events that they were doing. We didn't really participate in the, the crawler events that they had, where it was like the multiple team thing or... Uh, the one that was kind of like a race. We didn't do any of that stuff. Um, what we, what I did do was the, the rock racing, which was a lot of fun. Had a, a pretty crazy course set up with a lot of weird angles that you had to climb and um, sideways hills and all that, that mud jumps. And then there was like a blind spot you had to go and they'd put some stuff down behind that blind spot to really mess you up. So, um, the 2.2 open class, I had my custom Donald Jenkins build, uh, chassis build. Then I had one that was the stock class, which was the, the bomber with the 20-turn motor in it. Um, pretty much all stock. 
than the motor swap and the addition of the sway bars. But um, I took first in my qualifying with the open class, did great in that. That thing runs really, really well, although I have some clicking after the event. But um, the bomber, I barely made it into the main, and I also stepped out of what they call the donut, which was the driver's area. They had to stay inside of this box that they'd made. So I got penalized for that in the main. They moved me like half a straightaway back and turned me the wrong direction up a hill. So I had to navigate that. And then when I came down, I literally stuck in the mud in the main event and it, it was done. So uh, in the open though, I did, I won it. So it was awesome. Uh, real slow. Just took it slow. Just wanted to get out in front. I waited at the very beginning at the back, knowing that people would crash each other out and get stuck and flip over. So I about halfway through navigated my way to the front of the pack. And then from there, just tried to stay there and stay away from other cars and just go just fast enough to keep a lead, uh, a healthy lead and uh, run it out. It's just two laps. Keep it easy. And uh, it did did really, really well. So that was one of the, the fun events. Sorry, I'm getting a text message here. We've got some stuff going on. Um, so we did that, and that was like three hours standing in the sun. It was a bit hot. Luckily, they had a food tent down at the quarry. They were making food. They had drinks and stuff that you could purchase there. They also had a water tent or a hydration station where you could uh, hydrate, refill your water bottles, that kind of stuff. And it worked out really well. So, um, all right, I am back. We are having uh, septic stuff done, and looks like they might be tearing up my new track I just built, which kind of pisses me off. Spent a lot of money on that dirt and running that tractor, and I may have to may lose quite a bit of it. Anyway, back to Axial Fest. And uh, you guys get the little <laughs> sidebar in there. Um, so after the rock racing, uh, it was just kind of open crawl again for the rest of the day, Saturday. And uh, then they would have the award ceremony in the evening. My boys and I, we hit the trails multiple mo other times. One of the other cool things was that twice we went out on the one-to-one -one trail. The first time we met up with a guy named Brian who has done the trail a couple times or several times. I don't know, but he navigated us through it and it was amazing. Showed us what our Jeep could do that we didn't know that it could do. Tackled things that I looked at and thought, no way. <laughs> but he was confident we could do it and he helped guide us from the top or, you know, telling us, you know, as, as basically where to place our wheels and, you know, helped us get up some crazy obstacles in the Jeep, which, you know, does not have the setup that his does, but, um, apparently it's set up all right. It did pretty well out there and we had a blast. Went back the next day and found a couple other things on our own and went back to the areas where he'd showed us just to have some fun and do some of it again. But it's so big and vast that it's really hard to find exactly what we'd done. There were so many trails uh, it's one of those things where I probably would like to do it on a side-by-side -side or something that can tackle almost all the trails so I can know which ones I should and should not go into with the Jeep so you're not backing out of them or having to do a three-point 
100 point turn to turn around but uh man axial and horizon they put on an awesome event um everybody seemed to be having a great time that was there i don't i didn't hear anybody really complaining about anything um that was there we've seen since a lot of complaints about not wearing masks and stuff like that they don't know that indiana is at a stage four and of reopening masks aren't a requirement there uh, the case levels are low in that particular area. Now, granted, you have people coming in from different areas. What was kind of cool, though, was that people like that came from Pennsylvania that I met in the line, they said they were wearing a mask for our protection because they were coming from an area that was a little bit more high risk. And so they wanted to come, but they knew to be to be safe and to be smart that they were wearing a mask. Um, I kept one in my pocket and one around my neck later on that I could pull up when we were around other people. Um, but for the most part, you know, a lot of people knew each other. And even when they did the events, people kind of stayed separated, kept their like six feet for their little groups in their chairs. Um, and, you know, the, the one thing was the, uh, the rock racing event where everybody was kind of, you know, you had to stand in a box together was uh, one area where you really couldn't distance. Um, and so there was that, um, but again, you could choose whether or not you wanted to, to participate. And so at that point, you know, people are blaming actual for it, but if the people didn't want to do it, they didn't have to, nobody was forcing anybody to do anything. Um, but you know, some people wore masks, others didn't. And, um, you know, it, it is what it was. And um, based on what the rules were for the, uh, for Indiana, they were within those rules and yeah. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, but the event was great. The, the courses that were built, um, the people that took the time to do it, you know, hats off to you guys, really, really fun trails, um, complicated, some of them very complicated, uh, different events that they held, you know, it looked like people were having a blast with those, the team ones and all that, uh, like the blindfolded driving. We were watching some of that. Um, I ran into some people, um, well, JMRCs, I didn't see him in Michigan, but he did come down, uh, for a day to, to run the trails with us. Um, also ran into Wade from Bucks RC world. He was there. Uh, who else did we run into? Um, RC Lady 23 and her husband Kyle were there. And so um, seeing them on Instagram, really nice to meet them, great people. And we actually did some trail running. Uh, Jeremy from Big Squid and I uh, with Kyle on Thursday evening, I think it was, and had a great time. And then uh, got the call that <laughs> I needed to, to go make dinner. So it was one of the didn't realize how late we were out kind of things. So um, anyway, guys, there's more to come. Probably more talk of things you'll think about or little special moments from Axial Fest that I'll I'll think of and probably mention in later podcasts. But kind of overview of it, you know, there's a lot that went into it on their end to put it all together. Um, there was camping available. There are lots of people in tents, campers, RVs. You name it, you know, sleeping, uh, they were doing the um, overlander type thing uh, with uh, the, all kinds of different ways you could camp and um, having 
a good time. It did rain, I think, one evening, or maybe it just got really dewy. Um, so it was a little bit, you know, of a struggle for people in the tents probably that morning. But um, everybody was in good spirits about everything. The weather was kind of great. It wasn't super humid. Uh, it got hotter. I think Saturday was probably the hottest of the days. But the first day was not. It was pretty mild for somebody coming from Virginia Beach. Um, but other than that, um, you know, great to see everybody. Paul from Proline was there. We had the Horizon guys. They had a tent set up where you could buy stuff. Um, parts, vehicles, uh, batteries, uh, you know, some people were buying the SCX 24, taking them right out on the trail, uh, which was great cause it was set up, but you could do it stock. It was tough, but you could do it. And, um, really, really well designed, uh, course there. But, um, I definitely am planning to go back. I'm hoping to go back next year. Uh, I'd love to try the one out in Donner. It's a little bit more tricky because I'd probably have to fly, which means taking less stuff and trying to choose what to and not to bring. Um, but yeah, I, I, hopefully things will start getting back to normal here. We can start having these events again. Hanging out with people was great. You know, whether or not you, you're mad about the mask stuff. I mean, the morale there was super high. Um, and it was really good to be around people who are into the hobby as well and, uh, you know, kind of have that community time again. So I think that for the most part, people were being smart. Um, even if they weren't wearing masks, there was, there was a lot of distancing going on. And so, yeah, that's, that's all I can really say about that. I can't, I can't judge people and I don't want to judge people or tell people what they should or shouldn't do. That's part of the freedoms that we have here in the U.S. or are supposed to have. Um, freedom from judgment, however, is, is something we will never have because people are judgmental. And um, whatever they think is their opinion or in their mind is the only way something should be. And so uh, they're going to criticize everybody else that doesn't do or think the way that they want to. Uh, which is why we luckily have a government like we have instead of <laughs> a monarchy where you just have to do what the one person says who has those opinions. But um, anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in to another While My Batteries Charge. We're going to wrap it up here and get on to other things here, see what's happening in the backyard, how much destruction there's going to be to the jumps that I just built, and uh, the yard. So kind of bummed. I waited to do this because of that, and now I just do it, and then they come out and <laughs> start destroying stuff, so uh, whatever. Got to move on. Can't dwell on things, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>